This is the Cybercast, brought to you by AtNet Services. Welcome to the Cybercast by AtNet, the fastest growing podcast on Spotify, where we simplify technology and cybersecurity for business leaders. I'm your host, Joel Sosby, and I'm joined by our VCO, Mike Sylvester. Hey, Mike. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year to you, Joel. Well, thank you. Hard to believe 2023 is in the books, but we're into 2024 now. Yes, indeed. And I'm sure this year will fly by just like the last. They all all seem to, that's for sure. And the one thing that we can announce is the bad guys are still at it, for sure. And as 2024 is upon us now, it's important to note that the cyber threats that we saw last year, I mean, they continue to be as prolific this year, and we don't expect them to slow down anytime soon. Nope. So we wanted to do this podcast because we got a couple of questions from listeners uh, since our last podcast. And the questions are, how do I protect my business from financial theft? So that's one of the questions that we've gotten. And we've gotten that multiple times over the last few months. And the other one is, what are the most significant cyber threats my business should be aware of? So we want to address a couple of those, but we want to also address how you deal with them. So we can tell you, you know, how you protect yourself, but it's not just a a silver bullet, as all of us want. Um, it's a process that we call cyber risk management. So we're going we're gonna to talk through that today, tell you how you deal with that, how you'd implement an approach of managing cyber risks. And But let's start with the basics of cyber threats. I mean, so let, let's talk about the, I mean, the answer to the question, what, what threats can affect my business? Um, so, Mike, let's take them through that, and then we'll get into some of the cyber risk management. So what threats do we see? Well, this is not a exhaustive list, but these are some of the most common ones. I'm sure our listeners have heard some of these, if not all of them before. But one of the first ones, of course, at the top of everybody's list are phishing attacks. This is where the perpetrator is trying to elicit a particular response or action or gain information, whether it's through clicking on a link, etc. cetera. Uh, it's frequently through email, although it doesn't have to be. It can certainly be through other forms of communication. And then there's also ransomware attacks, which is what we see and read about most commonly in the media these days. Basically, that's where a, a breach of sorts, they gain access and they encrypt or make your data not accessible, not usable to you, and demand some form of ransom payment. A data breach may or may not be associated with a ransomware attack, but uh, it's where unauthorized access to any kind of confidential information uh, on your systems has uh, been obtained and where that data may or may not have been taken out of your systems. It could have been exfiltrated, could even be released in the public market or sold. There's also insider threats. These are from a cybersecurity perspective. It could be a current or former employee, independent contractor, affiliate, anyone who knowingly or in some cases even unknowingly provides or shares access to data or systems uh, to unauthorized parties. Then there's something that we don't hear as much about called supply chain vulnerabilities. And, and this is where the attackers exploit a vulnerability typically in one organization 
in order to compromise data and or assets in other points or other companies within that supply chain. Uh, the most easy or the easy example is would be a software provider or hardware where you or your business are consuming that and that may contain some malicious code that would then in potentially infect your systems. And finally, I guess the one other thing I would mention are social engineering attacks. These can be in uh, phishing is a form of social engineering attack. They could be phone calls, impersonations, in essence, where the individual is attempting to manipulate, influence a user's behavior to gain access to their computer or the systems, etc. In essence, uh, trying to get more gain information or knowledge. So uh, those are some of the top ones that we're seeing. And it's the same ones that we continue to see year after year, unfortunately. I mean, it's it's sad because I think most everybody who's listening to this, at least, you know, a few of those you, you're familiar with. And, and I would say one practical thing, if you're listening to this and you don't hear anything else that we say today, make sure that you're doing something to train all of your employees on these things that we just mentioned. You need some sort of training program to educate your, your users, your employees on how to deal with these things, things that they should and shouldn't do. So that's one practical thing that you can take away from this. But the other reason that we see these things continue to persist year after year is as they work. I mean, the same old tools and tactics continue to work for the threat actors. And so we want to put a stop to that as a business community. And, and, and one of the ways that we can, that we can talk about this is we'll get into some of the impact and then we'll, we'll, we'll tell you about how to deal with these things and maybe look at it a little bit differently, but let's see, let's talk about what some of the impacts are that we see from, from these things. Most of these things won't be surprising to people, but we do want to make sure that everybody knows what these threats represent. Well, and the, the most, Really, the, the largest and I guess most obvious potential impact is financial loss. Uh, that could be due yeah. to, uh, it could be due to the ransomware itself, paying a ransom, although that's less common these days. But more importantly, business interruption. Uh, your inability, basically preventing you and your business from converting, whether it's a product or service, to revenue because either systems are offline, unavailable, communication can occur, et cetera. Uh, that can result or lead to reputational damage in the industry where, uh, you know, your company's name gets out there. They have been breached. If your business has customer information or potentially, you know, PII um, information, private information about customers, and that gets out, that can severely impact the reputational re reputation of your business. Um, there can be legal liabilities arising out of some of these things as well, depending on the nature of your business and or industry, as well as supply chain interruptions, whether it's upstream or downstream of you. And ultimately, it, it could also lead to some loss of competitive advantage that you may or may not be able to gain back. So there, there are a number of impacts. Well, there's a tremendous amount at stake for businesses if they choose to do nothing which is not what we want to come out of this podcast. So let's talk about cyber risk management. I mean, if I hear that, I'm inclined to think that's a technical approach, but it's really not. So if I'm a business leader and I'm listening to this right now, what, what should I care about? What are, what are, 
what are some things that I should care about when it comes to cyber risk management? Well, help, help me understand that in a non-technical way. We need to think about cyber risk management. It, it really is an important part of overall risk management for your business. And, and simply put, it, it helps identify and handle threats and risks from a digital perspective. Uh, it focuses on protecting data and your systems, as well as help keep your business more secure from these potential cyber attacks. The other, the other thing is this leads to some of the benefits of cyber risk management, reducing overall risk, helping you prioritize investments in technology. We talked about, uh, tools, for example, but we shouldn't just run out and spend money on everything that whatever the flavor of the day is. But it also helps prioritize the l biggest threats to your business and focuses on safeguarding critical areas that could impact your business continuity, for example. So, I mean, those are some of the benefits of this, which is, you know, and again, this is a different approach from just simply impl implementing a cybersecurity tool. If, if that worked, nobody would be getting compromised. I mean, you wouldn't see all these things in the news right now. So, I mean, when we say you can't just put in a tool that's a silver bullet and help you deal with this, you, you absolutely can't. And the proof is, is what you see in the media. So how does this kind of approach differ from that approach of just implement a cybersecurity tool and we're done? That's a fantastic question, Joel. <laughs> you continually impress me with your business acumen. I knew you'd say that. Stop trying to butter uh, no, me up. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just teasing. Well, we've mentioned in other podcasts that cybersecurity tools are really account for only about 25% of an effective cyber strategy. The remainder, do you remember what we talked about that was? What's the remaining 75%, Joel? People and process. That's right. That's right. So this approach differs in that it's not just focusing on tools, but on the people and process. So it helps align your risks with business goals. It's broader than that traditional approach, which we mentioned is typically tools only, a tools only approach. And it focuses on the likelihood of an event as well as the impact or potential impact on the business. It considers not only technology, but the people and processes in place. And it helps prioritize and really helps you allocate resources more effectively. So how would you get started? I mean, how would you get started? I mean, so if you're if you're doing nothing now or, or you've got some tools in place, so maybe let's assume that everybody's got some things in place. Like the they, basic tools? Yeah, endpoint protection they've okay. got spam protection maybe even doing some mfa on the heels of a cyber security or cyber insurance application you know something like that what additional steps would you take how would you view this differently at the beginning of 2024 well the first thing you should do is sit down and identify potential risks and the best way to do this is really to engage an expert to help you determine what those risks are for your business and then assess those risks systematically. Uh, we do something for our clients that we call a business impact assessment, which in essence is working together with you to walk through all the aspects from, 
let's just call it order origination to delivery and collection of the revenue, monetizing that entire process. We walk through it and identify potential risks at all steps of the process and then prioritize those risks. Uh, Part of prioritizing includes using a trusted cybersecurity framework. That is simply a trusted framework that is a list of security standards that you can apply to your business. And then make sure you have an incident response plan. Um, I would encourage people go back and, and listen to the podcast that we did on disaster preparedness. That'll help provide some information on getting started. And then don't forget that this is not a one and done or static process. You need to monitor how things are proceeding and then adapt because you know your business changes. The cybersecurity landscape is also changing. So we need to be changing and adapting the strategy as we go through time. Well, and in the same way that you manage your business with instrumentation to help you make decisions, consider cyber risk management in the same way as you're doing your planning for the year or maybe even launching the plan that you finished up last year. Take some time to consider risks and how to deal with them. Uh, Again, this is a different approach from just what additional security tools do we need to put in place. It's how you can run your business more effectively, help insulate yourself against risk. Because the one thing that we see year after year is no matter what your business plans are for the year, some sort of cyber event in your business will derail your plans. I mean, we see that continually. So hopefully this helps answer some questions. How do I insulate my business against financial theft? Is dealing with those risks effectively, as Mike laid out for us? And then going through some of those threats that continue to exist year after year. They're the same ones this year. So there are things that you can do. And as I mentioned, if you're not doing anything to educate your users, certainly make sure that you start to do that. Anything else you'd add to that, Mike? Well, I just want to, again, encourage everyone, please engage an expert to help you. Not only will it help you because you don't have to learn everything that's out there, but you will find that it is significantly less expensive than trying to do it all yourself. Good advice. Yeah, thanks, Mike. This was fun. Yeah, thanks, Joel. It was good. Good time. We'll have to do this again. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning into this episode on cyber risk management. We hope you found the discussion helpful. Um, Hopefully it answered some of the questions uh, that you had out there. Uh, Be sure to send comments, questions, or topics for a future episode to comments at thecybercast.us. Special thanks to our producer, Austin Campbell. And as a reminder, be sure to give us five stars on Spotify so Mike and I can do the show from the islands one day. That's right. I want to do this from the Caribbean. I I might let you pick the island, but... That sounds good. All right. Fair enough. I'm Joel Sosby. And I'm Mike Sylvester. See you next time. On on the the Cybercast. Cybercast.